greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production.
And the boos from the crowd. Fans are not feeling Hulk Hogan Ichiban at this particular time. How about that enziguri there from Hogan? He'll go for a cover and a count. So Muda back on his feet, but Hogan continuing to pour the pressure on. Reversal. Hogan to the buckle. Here comes Muda. Backhand spring elbow. Oh, can he do it? Yes, first the backbreaker. And now the moonsault. Got him! Hogan is down, two, and a kick out. Hogan can't believe it himself. Drop kick, Hogan out to the floor. Muda will chase out after him. You see the mass of humanity that has filled the Fukuoka Dome. And Hogan has been thrown into the barricade. That rope ladder is for the lighting rig, by the way. It is not an offensive weapon. For Tarzan from Japan, the great Muda. And now another form of weaponry. A steel chair across the spine. Hogan is down. Hattori trying to get that chair out of the ring. Oh, the Axe Bomber. And now Hattori shoved down. Oh, the blinding miss from the great Muda. Muda to the top, struggling with his balance. Hogan able to sidestep. And the leg drop. And a kick out. You can see most of the mist caught Hogan in the chest, but now... Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, JP John Paz, here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting feed, part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. Each week here on the Hogan Era Podcast, we're talking about the greatest era ever. 
in the history of the business, 1984 to 1993, the Hogan era, the era that made the WWF the global phenomenon that it is today, the era that made Vince McMahon a retired billionaire. So here, each and every week on the show, we're talking about, obviously, the immortal Hulk Hogan and his impact on the professional wrestling business, his impact on the wallets of the WWF and himself, obviously, as well. We're also talking about some of the greatest matches, moments, and feuds ever in the history of the business. His feuds and matches with guys like Rowdy Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, the Big Boss Man, the One Man Gang, Kamala, Earthquake, Yokozuna, Sid, The Undertaker, Ric Flair, you name it, we'll talk about it here on the show as we kind of run through some of the greatest moments in the history of that golden era of wrestling, that Hogan era. I was talking to somebody who worked for the WWF magazine. Obviously, he's an acclaimed author himself and wrestling historian, Keith Elliott Greenberg. Interview will be coming out soon, but we're talking about that era and just how much money it made. And it was great to talk to a guy that was behind the scenes at the time and get kind of the general sense of what was going on backstage and what like everybody thought of Hogan and the era. And it was like, man, there's like no turning back. I mean, there's no going backwards with Hogan. I mean, everything is going up. We're going uphill. We're going to start really climbing that ladder. We're going to start making more money. We're going to, you know, be in different, um, places, if you will, like different places they've never been in before, all over Hollywood, all over TV, all over mainstream media. Uh, you know, with WrestleMania 1, obviously, you know, you had all those different celebrities showing up, and that was going to be the commonplace. But he was saying that was the general feeling. Once they knew they had the right guy in Hogan, that everyone was like, wow, this is going to be huge. This is going to be Americana. This is going to be mainstream. Hogan will change the business forever. And lo and behold, he really, truly did. I mean, Hulk Hogan is an absolute wrestling god. And last week on the show, we talked about Stan the Lariat Hansen and the feud that those guys had. And we talked about the history of them. And that was kind of a rare feud. And I had a good buddy of mine reach out and made sure that I sent him the link to that matchup. He was really interested in it, and, and he hadn't seen it before. And he loved it. He said it was an awesome match, unlike anything you kind of saw from the Hulkster. And I think that was kind of the point. He wrestled to his audience. When he was in the WWF, to a, to a certain extent, you didn't see a lot of the stuff you saw him do in Japan. That match with Stan Hansen was very stiff, very hard-hitting. You know, there's blood involved. It's very much more of a hardcore style. You didn't see too much of that from Hulk Hogan on WWF TV. Obviously, a lot more kid-friendly. That's kind of the direction they were going and what they were doing. But with the Hulkster, you kind of saw a different Hulkster. You know, the the typical Hogan match, I think you're probably used to, he's down and out, he hulks up, he gets the win, he works his levels, uh, he really gets the crowd invested, it was much more of an emotional investment if you're a fan, you just absolutely are enthralled by the Hulkster, and not necessarily the moveset, or the athleticism, or anything of that nature, it's just not the way Hogan really you know, worked those matches in, in the U.S., Unless, you know, you saw some matches with Dr. D. David Schultz or Terry Funk in kind of the 84, 85, 86 era. You didn't see too much of that on TV, maybe a little bit on Saturday Night's Main Event. You mean you saw a little bit of that with Paul Orndorff. You saw that on house shows against Harley Race and Bad News Brown. But you really didn't see too much of like that Japan hard-hitting axe bomber 
big-time clothesline style from the Hulkster. Obviously, it was much more leg drop, uh, big boot leg drop combo, hulking up and, and you know him working his levels. In Japan, he's much more of a work-rate guy. And that's why I wanted to talk about the topic today, which was the Great Muda. When you look at those matches he had over there, people always say, and you hear this a million times, it's like, wow, if you've seen Hogan versus Moody, you see that Hogan can actually work. Well, of course Hogan can work, but I mean, there's different variations, different ways of working. If you don't need to kill yourself, kill your body, and have all these crazy matches, but you can get over with a finger point, that's working too. I mean, you're really working the crowd. I mean, and, and putting asses in seats, that's the best work, and that's the best way to kind of show how much of a worker you are is putting an ass as Bobby Heenan would say 18 inches away every few feet you know what I mean like every 18 inches you're going to have an ass in that seat and that's the real proof and the real showing that you're a big time draw and Hogan did that better than anybody ever in the history of the wrestling business but I think a lot of people look at that great Muda stuff and you can go to the New Japan World and watch it you can go to YouTube they have the match on there you can go to Daily Motion they have the match on there um Actually, several matches, but really, um, I know New Japan World, if people don't want to get it, that may be your best bet to get it. They actually went and they dubbed in some um, English commentary, if you will, recently with um, Hogan and Muda in those matches. So if you want to go and you want to watch those matches, you can do it in English commentary if you'd like, or you can just watch it in, in the Japanese commentary as intended, because obviously it was held in New Japan Pro Wrestling, if... That's what you want to do. I would highly recommend going out of your way and really being able to not only uh, watch one match, watch all three, and I'll get into what those matches are, but I would kind of, no doubt about it, go out of my way and watch all three of the Hogan-Muda matches because they're all uh, phenomenal. Just, um, I I love those matches. I think that they're absolutely great, and I think that you will uh, enjoy them as well because... If I'm recommending a match, it means I love the match, and I think you would love it too. Go out of your way to watch some of these matches, especially Hogan versus Great Muta. I think a lot of people are familiar with Muta, whether you know him from Jim Crockett Promotions, NWA, WCW. I think if that's maybe you might be your introduction to him, he really made himself into quite a legend here in the States with Jim Brock Emotions and with the NWA and really that television title run where he was undefeated for a while. I know we get uprooted by Arn Anderson, but he had a great feud with Sting. He had matches with Lex Luger and Ric Flair, and he was teaming up with Terry Funk. He was in main events. So really, like I say 1989 was like a real jumping off point where everyone in the States was like, holy crap, who is this great Muda guy? That He has an awesome look. He might be one of the most athletic guys I've ever seen. That elbow drop is unbelievable. He's doing handsprings and springboards and his moonsault might be the greatest moonsault of all time. His look with the mist and the, and the face paint was just unbelievable. So to me, you have to think like, wow, this is a, this guy is a main event player, whether you knew who he was or not. That's why sometimes when I, I saw him return in, in the late nineties in WCW and was getting huge pops that, you know, obviously with Russo booking, he's like, ah, not, not a lot of people know the Japanese guys. And I was even mentioning that to Kevin Sullivan. He said, well, everybody knows who Great Mood is. And I was thinking, yes. Yes, he might be from New Japan. I know it's a different audience. I know that maybe all, all the casuals may have not been familiar with him. But I think that he was super over back in 89 and obviously came back many, many times over the years. Yeah, 
big time run in 92. He was NWA champion. He was you know, main eventing WCW shows. He had a big feud with uh, Steve Austin. I mean, he's wrestling all these guys on major WCW NWA TV for, for years. I mean, five, six years there. So I think people were very, very familiar with him. I think a lot of people knew who he was. So that's why I think his, I know this is on Hogan, Hogan era related, but that's why I think that his run in WCW could have been a lot better. They could have used him a lot better. Even when they did NWO Japan, you saw the impact in Japan. Like, wow, like the NWO was so over. Then they put Moody in it. I mean, it went through the damn roof over there. I know it's different than the United States and, and maybe the casual fans aren't that familiar, but casual fans definitely knew Muda from his run of feuding with, Sting, Ric Flair, and Lex Luger, and and wrestling those guys before. So, to me, huge star. I think everybody in the states knew who he was, knows who he is, and just by looking at him, like man, this is guy. You could just tell this guy is a major, major player. In his career, former WCW World Tag Team Champion, former NWA TV Champion, former NWA World heavyweight champion, former four-time IWG heavyweight, IWGP, excuse me, heavyweight champion, former six-time IWGP tag team champion. He is a former triple crown champion in the All Japan Pro Wrestling ranks three times over. He's just, uh, I don't know, one of those guys that he literally, if, if there's a major title to be held, he held it. He was the former GHC heavyweight champion for Pro Wrestling Noah. One of the very few guys that has been the Triple Crown champion, the IWG champion, and GHC champion. Probably the most famous Japanese wrestler of all time. Probably the best Japanese wrestler of all time. I know a lot of people would say Kenta Kobashi or Misawa, Kawada, Giant Baba, Antonio Noki get thrown out there as well. But to me, you got to throw Muda's hat in the ranks. And if he's not the best, he's got to be in the top five for sure. When they brought him over to the States, he was a big deal. They made him a big deal. He was very important. And that was a lot to do with the New Japan Pro Wrestling relationship with the WW, excuse me, with WCW at that time, which was long running. I know there was a lot of issues as far as like when Russo was there, that created an issue with New Japan. When Bill Watts was there, he created a big issue with uh, New Japan. I know there was a lot of tensions between them. Obviously, when Bischoff was there, he completely made up for that. They went to Collision in Korea together. They went to North Korea, had a big show. It was New Japan WCW Super Show in front of, you know, 150,000 plus people. Maybe they were forced to be there but they were there regardless so Bischoff made a lot of inroads and tried to basically make up for that big relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling New Japan gave them a pretty good stipend per year of money being able to use some of the talent so there was a free exchange of talent going back and forth so to me it's just an unbelievable thing to think like Great Muda is out there and had matches with Hogan during the Hogan era. I mean, 93, it may be not prime Hogan. It's towards the end of the run for the Hogan era, obviously. But that's prime Great Muda, and really he came into his own. And you might think to yourself, well, Hogan era, yes, but it's not in a, a WWF ring. Yes, that is true. It's for New Japan Pro Wrestling. But... He was the WWF champion when he wrestled Great Muda the first time. So that is just absolutely fascinating in and of itself because it's like, holy crap, he's the WWF champion and he's going to New Japan Pro Wrestling and he's wrestling Great Muda? Like, unbelievable stuff there. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just to me, it's just so fascinating that Vince would allow that, but obviously Hogan, you know, he's on his way out technically in, in May of 93, 
but he's calling his own shots. He just beat Yokozuna at WrestleMania. He's the champ. They're obviously going to have a rematch a month later than this show in May, in June, against Yokozuna at King of the Ring, and Hogan's going to lose the title there. But right then and there, pretty damn unprecedented that he is the champion. And it's like, holy crap. The WWF World Champion is in New Japan wrestling Grave Muda, and not only is he wrestling Grave Muda, Grave Muda is technically the IWGP World Champion at the time, so it's champion versus champion, and Hogan is saying in interviews in, in Japan, in more than one interviews, and you can hear him later on this episode, that the IWGP Championship is the most important championship in wrestling, and he basically says that the WWF Championship is a joke. Compared, it's just a trinket, just a toy. It means nothing compared to the IWGP Championship. So to me, that is, is so fascinating because he's literally wearing the belt. If you see these promos, they're on YouTube. He's wearing the WBF belt, bad mouthing the WBF belt. I know it's it's in Japan, so it's kind of like maybe a little tongue in cheek as far as like Vince wouldn't get mad at him for it. But if you're a wrestling fan, you're like wow. Especially if you're a Japanese wrestling fan, you're like wow. The WBF title isn't as important to Hulk Hogan as the IWGP title. So it really elevated Japan. It elevated Muda. It made everything seem so much bigger and more important and just absolutely like, well, like through the roof kind of stuff as far as, as Hogan being the WF champion, saying he'd rather be the IWGP champion and that this title is a joke and it's a toy compared to the IWGP title. So check out, if you want to watch the videos of it, they're on YouTube, but it's just so fascinating. It's almost shocking. You're like, Whoa, what the hell is Hogan doing? Obviously, he's making a play to maybe uh, make some more money in New Japan Pro Wrestling and have another few matches there in a tour, which he does. But he's also bad-mouthing WWF a little bit, maybe because he's on his way out. He's on his way out the door. So to me, I just like just still floored by that, by that and even watching. It's like, holy crap, he... Uh, he really puts over New Japan. He really puts over Muda. He really puts over the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship over the WWF Championship. And think about this. It's pretty damn crazy that Vince let Hogan go over there and wrestle as the WWF Champion in New Japan and bring the belt over. He's not defending it, but still, he's bringing the belt over and he's mentioning that he's the WWF champion, and they're really putting that over. So it's champion versus champion. 5-3, 1993, New Japan Pro Wrestling, wrestling Donoku at the, uh, uh, excuse me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but the Fukuoka Dome, and obviously that is in Fukuoka, Japan. It is a very, very big show. 55,000 people are there at the big dome. Pretty amazing crowd, pretty damn uh, amazing show just in general just absolutely um absolutely fascinating really if you i mean if you really think about it i know new japan actually ran there again this year back in, in may and it only drew about eight thousand nine thousand fans obviously it was meant to hold a lot less people the main event of that show okada versus naito the main event of this show back in 93 here for the for the hogan era not wwf but for the hogan era was actually anoki and fujinami defeating tenru and ricky choshu which was a great match as well so the hogan muda match was promoted as such and as the main event as the big match and was going to be you know this huge match on the card was not the main event of the evening why Pretty, to be honest, it's quite simple. Hogan defeats Great Muda in about 16 minutes in a great match. And, you know, Hogan's kind of beating the IWGP champion here. Hogan's beating the boy, their man here, their boy, basically. And I don't think that they wanted the show to end and this big 55,000 
seat show that, you know, there's still 55,000 tickets. I don't think they want a WWF world champion guy, Jin Hulk Hogan, being a last memory on the show. They want Anoki and Fujinami, the two big Japanese stars, to, to kind of go off and be the final moment and be the end for this gigantic show. So it's quite simple there. Hogan and Muda were like the, the selling point. They were on the poster. They're the guys you push as, as the main event, but the real the last match was Anoki and Fujinami defeating Tenru and Choshu. Hogan defeats Great Muda. Hogan actually had Jimmy Hart in his corner there. Hogan cuts a great promo after the match as well, talking about how he wants to be an IWGP champion. He beat the champion. That means the most to him to to win that title. But really, what a you know what a, a great match. Go out of your way to see it. New Japan World YouTube Daily Motion. However you can find it, I think the easiest way is probably New Japan World. But that is an absolutely great match. Go 16 minutes. Go out of your way to watch it. Be enthralled by what Hogan is able to do on that match. Just an interesting other thing here on the card. He brings not only Jimmy Hart with him, but he brings Brutus Beefcake along with him. And we'll probably have a separate show talking about this as well. But Beefcake defeats Masa Saito. And also interesting to note that Sting is on this card. WCW superstar Sting is on this card fighting Scott Norton to a no contest. So, wow. So not only did a WCW wrestler Sting wrestle on a card with WWF star Hulk Hogan, Bruce Beefcake was a WWF star at this time, is also on the card as well. They have a match, I guess. You could say this is post-Hogan era, but I'm going to count it as Hogan era because this is 1993. New Japan Pro Wrestling, G1 Climax Special, show number three, Yokohama Arena in Yokohama, Japan. Great. This was 9-23-93. So Hogan and Great Muda team up together to defeat the Hellraisers, which is Road Warrior Hawk and the Power Warrior, Kensuke Sasaki. Match goes 15 minutes and 30 seconds. There were 17,000 people here sold out at the arena. Again, billed as the main event, but technically not the main event. The main event was Tendru defeating Hase in the main event there. So really, really great stuff as far as Hogan and Muda defeating the Hellraisers. Another great match. Go out of your way to see it. Absolutely love it. Amazing to see Hogan back in New Japan and teaming with the great Muda. A few nights later, 9-26-1993, New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax Special, Day 6, Osaka Hall in Osaka, Japan. It's not going to be Great Buddha, but it's going to be his alter ego, Keiji Muto, which is his real name. Hogan defeats Keiji Muto in about 10 minutes. Again, another great match from those two. Maybe not as good as the one in the Dome, but I liked it as well. I thought it was a good match. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was some good stuff as well. Bruce Beefcake, of course, is on the card again. He's on there with him. The Jurassic Powers of Hercules and Scott Norton defeated Beefcake and Jake the Snake Roberts. At that point. So very, very interesting there. Also to note, Sinja Hashimoto is now the IWGP champion as of September 20th, 1993. He ended the 400-day reign of the Great Muda, and he won that on September 20th. And obviously the shows I mentioned on the 23rd and 26th, so they were not title matches involving Hogan and Keiji Muto there. So just that's just an interesting tidbit. So just three matches here for Hogan and the Great Muda. Hogan obviously wins two, and then technically speaking, he wins all three because him and Muda teamed up in the middle there for a tag win over the Power Warriors of Hawk and the Power Warrior. Excuse me, the Hellraisers of Hawk and the, the Power Warrior. So just one of those things where I just love 
those matches. It's so much different. Hogan in Japan is such a great worker. He's so much different than what you're normally going to see out of Hulkster. And I think you will be enthralled. And I think if you love the Hanson match, you'll love this as well. Because Hogan shows a lot of athleticism, doing inseguries. He's doing uh, O'Connor rolls. I mean, he's just doing uh, awesome stuff here uh, from the Hulkster. Just love this. Show you here. Even in 93, he was a great worker. And he could still work his ass off. Go out of your way to see this great kind of under-the-radar, underappreciated mini-feud for the Hulkster. Just predicated in the end of the Hogan era and just in New Japan Pro Wrestling Hogan versus the Great Muda. So let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website tmptempire.com and Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. I also implore you to go to tpublic, tpublic.com slash store slash tmpt and pick up a Hogan era t-shirt or another two-man power trip t-shirt as well got some great stuff great artwork and some great options over at t public thank you everybody for tuning in we'll see you right back here next week for a little hogan era podcast i'll see you next week folks this has been a john pause power trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies, brother. Five times World Wrestling Federation Champion. This belt is just a toy. It's like a trinket on a Christmas tree, like an ornament. The belt that I want is the one that the great Muta has, the IWGP belt. Because when Hulk Hogan wins the IWGP Championship, which he should have right now, it will prove that New Japan Pro Wrestling and Hulk Hogan is the greatest, the greatest partners in the world because I want all the great wrestlers to come to me, and I want them to come to Japan where I can wrestle and not bullshit. I want to wrestle and prove that I'm the best. Killer Ken, there's an old saying in the United States of America and that you can't, you cannot teach an old dog new tricks. But this old dog does not need new tricks. I know all the tricks. I've proven that I'm a survivor. I've proven that I'm a leader and I will not quit professional wrestling. Many, many people you've seen quit and come back, quit and come back. But if you watch Hulk Hogan, I have never quit. I will always be here And now that I'm back in Japan, tonight was a great night for me because I was very worried because Muda is a brand new star. He's one of the best New Japan has. And tonight, it was fun. It was easy. I want bigger challenges. I want more opponents. If Antonio Inoki has time to step down from his government job at the Senate, I would love to wrestle. Hey, Hulkster. Welcome back to Japan. So, how are you feeling? Also, uh, you wrestle great Muta. So what do you study today? Well, I tell you, today is the most exciting day of my wrestling career simply because I'm the WWF champion five times. But the most important thing to me is to make sure that my career ends in Japan. I want to come back to New Japan Pro Wrestling and I'm back. The IWGP belt is the most important belt in the world today. And that's why I'm here. I'm in the greatest shape of my life. I'm in Ichiban shape and I'm going to prove to you, Saito, to New Japan Pro Wrestling and to all the Hulkamaniacs out there that Hulk Hogan
can beat the great Muta right in the center of the ring. And from that point on, every wrestler in New Japan shall fear Hulkamania. And I will prove I am Ichiban and Axe will be supreme all throughout Japan. ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめんなさい。ごめん